Welcome back to the Conduct Detrimental Podcast. We have a breaking podcast today with breaking news uh, out of the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, the U.S. Supreme Court, which was supposed to decide today whether or not they would accept the uh, New Jersey sports betting case, invited the U.S. Solicitor General to file a brief on the issue instead of denying or accepting the case. Um, as always, I'm joined uh, by my co-host, Dan Wallach. Dan, what do you make of this? Well, I'm actually in Washington, D.C. today, so it's kind of uh, you know, apropos for, for the ruling. I think this is, um, in many ways, it's surprising because, you know, we were most we were expecting either a cert grant or a cert denial. But I, I hearken back to the government's failure to file a brief with the Supreme Court. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't believe that the Supreme Court would have ever granted certiorari without hearing from the federal government. So maybe today's development, in retrospect, shouldn't have been too surprising uh, because the only litigants that filed uh, briefs with the U.S. Supreme Court were the two New Jersey parties, the New Jersey Thoroughbred uh, Horsemen's Association, and then Governor Christie and several of the other uh, state officials. And then, of course, the sports leagues filed an answer brief. Uh, but any, any, any challenge to the constitutionality of a federal law, federal legislation, one would expect that the court would want to hear from uh, the U.S. Solicitor General, and that's, in fact, what happened today. So in retrospect, probably not too surprising, but very few of us saw this coming, except for Christopher Soriano. He did, uh, he's a gaming lawyer in New Jersey who did hint at this possibility, and this now keeps the issue alive for four or five months and adds, a, uh, and adds like triple, quadruple layers of intrigue to the, to the story. Yeah, it was an interesting development that I you know, I didn't see coming. It's shocking that someone did because it's a pretty rare move on their part. Not not very rare, but uh, you don't see it too frequently. Um, you know, I, I'm admitted to the Supreme Court as I believe you are as well, but I I'm not a frequent practice practitioner in the court, so I didn't really know all the details of this going in. But I did a little digging. Um, it's a really interesting move, uh, and I think a lot is going to depend on really what the Solicitor General comes back with. Um, and I think maybe even the most fascinating point of this is that we don't know what Solicitor General is going to be the one responding um, since you know we're likely to get one with the new administration. So we don't know who it is. Uh, we don't really know what Trump's views are on sports betting and how he may try to influence that decision as well. Um, because, you know, I did, again, as I mentioned, I did a little digging on, on this type of request, and um, people that have done the research have looked at the past cases um, almost universally. The Supreme Court, who rarely asks for help from anyone else, mind you, uh, will go with the, or the <laughs> Solicitor General's recommendation. That it's, it's actually called um, the 10th Justice when they do this, and maybe in this case the 9th Justice, since there's only eight sitting justices on the Supreme Court right now. Um, Dan, what do you what do you see as far as the new administration coming in? How how will that impact what we may hear back from the Solicitor General? Well, uh, the the tenth justice is certainly a lot more meaningful than the sixteenth New York Nick, uh, but um, there is still a U.S. Solicitor General in office, an interim acting U.S. Solicitor General who remains the SG until a new one comes in, and Donald Trump hasn't yet taken office, and the rumors are that he is considering um, two names that have come out, I think Charles Cooper, who I'm not overly familiar with, and then another uh, gentleman, George Conway, 
who's a lawyer at Wachtell Lipton, and, 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 and fascinating is the husband of Kellyanne Conway. Uh, so the, those are the two names being bandied about, but until uh, President-elect Trump assumes office, and even after he assumes office, there may, there may not be an appointment, or, or I don't think it's, I don't think it's a, a cabinet-level appointment. I think that he just names a, a solicitor general. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but we have an SG in the office right now, and theoretically, that solicitor general can act and submit a brief, uh, you know, before Trump, uh, you know, you know, names somebody else. I doubt that is going to happen. I think the, uh, I, I think this is a, a, a golden opportunity for President Trump to shape the future of sports betting if he wants to. I mean, the, all the all the speculation in the last few weeks has centered on how Trump could advance sports betting uh, by pushing it through Congress. Well, he has two prime opportunities right now to almost guarantee uh, that this issue get heard by the Supreme Court. He could nominate or name a solicitor general, and he can fill the missing or, or the vacant uh, ninth seat that, that had been you know, occupied by Antonin Scalia. Uh, a ninth justice could be one of the four justices that, that, that votes in favor of, of having certiorari granted. So his justice appointment could impact the debate, but even more immediately, uh, he could vet a solicitor general candidate. If he's, dial if he's truly dialed into this issue, uh, he could vet it right now and discuss it with any prospective uh, you know, SG nominee. So if Donald, Donald Trump has this unique power immediately and potentially decisively to impact whether the Supreme Court hears the sports betting case. Has there been any indication in his past that you think he would be pro sports betting? Oh uh, yeah, he, owned, he, uh, he he's owned several casinos. Uh, back in the early 1990s, after PASPA was enacted, there was a one-year window under under which New Jersey and New Jersey alone could have uh, passed legislation sports betting within the state, and PASPA permitted that. But the one-year window slammed shut in 1993 when the state failed to act. But during that time frame, uh, Donald Trump owned. Uh, several casinos in New Jersey and was visible and vocal in support of, of New Jersey uh, legalizing. So that was 25 years ago. Fast forward to 2015, he had an appearance on the Colin uh, Coward show uh, where he pointedly stated, this stuff is going on anyway, daily fantasy, sports betting, you might as well, uh, he said something to the effect that you might as well have it be legal. So for the first time, we have an office holder a presidential office holder who has an opinion, both past and recent, on the subject of state-sanctioned sports betting, and he was for it then, and he appears to be for it. He appears to be for it now. The question is, given all of the surrounding uh, um, issues that he's facing coming into office, is this going to get on his radar now? And if it does get on his radar, could he uh, choose uh, a justice? or Solicitor General that will advance that agenda. And that's the great unknown here. But he alone pretty much has that power to tilt the scales in favor of sports betting right now. Yeah, I mean, I think we, you know, you and I live in this world where we probably think this stuff's a little more important than, than <laughs> everyone else does. So maybe, you know, it, it's not on his, uh, you know, the first question he asks when vetting candidates or when looking into potential Supreme Court justices, but uh, I, I certainly think it's one of those issues that, that could be a uh, you know economy game changer, 
um, could impact a lot of aspects of his presidency. And so, you know, whether or not it, it does become something that's important to him will be worth following. Dan, do you have an idea of what this today's decision does to the ultimate timeline of the case? Do we know when um, Supreme Court's ultimately going to rule on whether they'll take the case or not? Uh, the Supreme Court does not set forth any hard deadlines for the Solicitor General uh, to act by. So this is not on a, on a, on a clock right now where the, where the SG has to file something this week or this month even. But I would expect uh, the Solicitor General, whoever that office holder may be, uh, to file a placeholder, some kind of notification that uh, we will file a brief uh, by a certain time because of the transition of the presidential administrations. I'd, I'd be surprised if it just languished without any indication from the Solicitor General's office for the next few months. But this, this could play out. This could play out until March, April, or May. I wouldn't expect to see a brief uh, any time before the end of February. And um, I, I think the goal and, and the likelihood is that something will be filed uh, during this year's, during the 2016-17 Supreme Court term, and the court will be in a position uh, to go thumbs up or thumbs down, at least on cert, uh, before the before the term ends. And it's even possible that the court, if it does grant cert, could hear oral argument before the end of June. Uh, but uh, th this is this is the great unknown right now. We could we, we could be in a holding pattern for a few months, and the only winners will be sports legal commentators, and of course those people who go to sports and gaming conferences because this is going to be one of the hottest or most controversial and talked about issues uh, in the in the gaming and the sports you know legal scene so the issue is going to remain at a, at a, at a hot boil uh, or, or at least at a, at a low simmer for quite a while <laughs> but I've got to think that the solicitor general will file something. Uh, you know, by March or April, and this issue will be ready for determination, at least on the cert stage, by May. Yeah, I think I think that schedule makes sense. I'm less optimistic that we get the oral argument, assuming they take the case. Um, you know, well, this this well, term, but well, Dan, uh, let's remember there's the Department of Justice which filed briefs uh, before the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit during Christie two. So you have lawyers who are already on the case that may have already been in a position to work up the SG's response or who may have already written the SG's response for his okay, for his signature. So it may be at varying states of completion, but I think all bets are off until the identity of the new Solicitor General is determined, and that could be weeks away. Absolutely. What do you think this means to some of the other challenges that are out there or threatened challenges that are out there to sports gambling? Well, that's an interesting dynamic because if other states move forward, like Mississippi and New York, that could actually undercut New Jersey's chances for Supreme Court review because if the Supreme Court sees that there are lower federal court challenges emerging in the Second Circuit and potentially in the Fifth Circuit, well, maybe the court pulls back and says, Let, let's wait for a, for a circuit split to emerge. So that's one school of thought. The other school of thought is that uh, what New Jersey, what New York and Mississippi are doing or hope to do is going to be completely independent of what happens with New Jersey and what happens at the Supreme Court. But one, one measure that will definitely be impacted is this notion of a complete repeal, the nuclear option by the state of New Jersey, which is a bill that was proposed in the New Jersey Assembly, the, uh, I think towards the latter part of October, early November, which proposed a complete decriminalization of, sport, uh, of sports betting in New Jersey repealed any and all prohibitions and regulations governing 
uh, sports betting and would basically open up a state, uh, you know, on a statewide basis to a so-called Wild West or Wild East. I think that measure is going to remain on ice until we get finality from the Supreme Court. What about federal legislation? I mean, is there any, does this kind of show that at least one branch of the government is considering it? hearing this injury more strongly and, and maybe they'll start pushing other branches of the gar- government, perhaps the legislation, yeah. legislative branch, to start thinking about federal legislation on this issue or repealing PAPS book. Well, that, that's certainly a possibility because the Solicitor General, within the scope of his powers, uh, can reach out to other branches of government for their uh, viewpoints before finalizing um, before submitting a, uh, an amicus brief to the U.S. Supreme Court. So this is an opportunity, even without legislation, Congress could weigh in now uh, via the, the, the Solicitor General's office and make its views known. And this is, a, this is a window in which, at least indirectly, Congress might be able to impact the process. But uh, the lobbying efforts are going to go forward uh, regardless of what's happening at the Supreme Court. The American Gaming Association is going to actively lobby Congress throughout 2017. If anything, uh, today's move or today's measure, I think, energizes everybody uh, because for the first time, uh, I, I, not for the first time, but I, but I, but I see, I, I think this is the most significant development in the five-year history of the New Jersey sports betting case. We are one brief away from the Supreme Court granting cert. What if, what if the Solicitor General uh, recommends that certs be granted and then uh, you know, maintains or asserts on the merits that PASPA has severe or, or, or you know, significant constitutional infirmities. If the Solicitor General goes as far as that, or at least recommends that cert be granted or asks the court to review the case, that could be a game changer. Absolutely, and I think that's... Um... I, over, I overuse game changer. I use that in every, every <laughs> interview, but, but this time I mean it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, if, if history teaches us anything, how the Supreme Court looks at these briefs, and if uh, the Solicitor General goes out of his way to say that mm-hmm. the merits of this brief and, you know, kind of questions what PASPA is doing these days, I, I think that's very realistic that we could see this being overturned by the Supreme Court because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the Supreme Court almost always follows the guidance mm-hmm of the Solicitor General on when they ask for, you know, his or her input. So that I mean, is, yeah. I mean, again, they've, they've asked for his recommendation. If they didn't want his recommendation, they could have denied cert. So uh, this ultimately comes down to whether the recommendation is made in favor of uh, certiorari being granted. And secondly, how persuasive that recommendation is, but they wouldn't have asked him for it if they didn't want to hear his opinion. And I think the, Solicitor General's recommendation uh, will ultimately be determinative of whether cert is granted. So we literally are um, one brief away from a cert granted. Who would have believed this a week ago? A week ago, you know, you're reading about these statistics and historical percentages of, you know, less than 2% of Supreme Court petitions are granted. Uh, I think in light of today's development, given the importance of the issue nationally, framed against the backdrop of the emergence of fantasy sports and the inconsistency in the application of PASPA to state DFS laws. I mean, this has every box checked. I think the percentage likelihood of a cert grant uh, really, uh, rather than put a percentage on it, I would say the Solicitor General holds the cards. The Solicitor General recommends cert, 
we're going to see New Jersey sports betting in Washington, D.C. later this spring. Absolutely. And I, I think we probably should have led with this, but, you know, as you mentioned, this drastically increases the chances of, of a cert grant from, you know, which is less than 1%. So anything is better than that, really. Is it two or one? I've, I've seen conflicting uh, numbers. I think I always think those numbers are skewed anyway, because the court receives all these prisoner petitions and unrepresented parties. And of course, there's the Michelle McGurk's of the world. Even Michelle McGurk filed uh, a cert petition. So if you if you cut out all this like chafe and, and all the all the you know, nonsensical petitions that get filed, and you look only at paid petitions that are filed by known Supreme Court advocates like an Olson or a Clement, I think the numbers are a lot higher than two percent. True, um, but also if you look at the the grants and you look at which ones are not circuit splits, there are very few. Yeah. And this case is, you know, doesn't fall in that category. So it was even more of an uphill battle. Uh, and it's been rejected before. I mean, all the signs pointed to um, it being rejected. And so, as you mentioned, that's why today's news is really, really a big deal and a, a glimmer of hope. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of when the Third Circuit uh, granted the rehearing um, because it had been lose, 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 lose. And then all of a sudden they had this sort of second chance at a win. Um, it kind of feels that way again. Hopefully we'll get a little different result this time. Yeah. Um, so New Jersey, New Jersey is the ultimate bottom of the ninth inning team coming from behind. <laughs> and this is, uh, but will they be the 2001 New York Yankees against the Arizona Diamondbacks, or will they be the 1986 Mets against the Boston Red Sox? Time will tell. Uh, but uh, you know, this is still uh, this is still in the surreal phase right now because uh, this changes the dynamic. Uh, you know, considerably from hopeless to not only hopeful, but, but very optimistic. And Donald Trump does have uh, the kind of influence over this process now that he did not possess yesterday or the day before. Uh, you know, the speculation on a Trump presidency is always with the longer view towards sports betting, not how he could put his thumb on the scales today. And Donald Trump could put his thumb on the scales today and, and make this or cause this to happen. Maybe, maybe, maybe we elevate the importance of uh, legal sports betting on our own minds because we talk about it a lot. But it is a true uh, economic, uh, you know, um, engine for the casino industry, for state treasuries. Look at how much money is on the table uh, in, in a legal sports betting environment. You, you know, by, by conservative estimates, uh, close to 200 billion or maybe 150 billion is wagered in the illegal market. If you could capture that most of that in a regulated environment and uh, create revenue streams for state governments uh, to you know, impact you know, infrastructure, roads, highways, schools, services provided throughout the state, uh, this, is, this should be one of the cheap, but this is one of the easiest economic stimulus packages that Donald Trump could support because it's guaranteed uh, to be a, a, a financial windfall for all stakeholders, not just the casinos, not just the sports leagues, not just the TV networks, but for, for, for states and for people working in states. And if this somehow could be funneled through, you know, brick-and-mortar casinos and racetracks, and maybe it doesn't have to go online or, or, or you know, have an iGaming uh, component to it, maybe the way to sell it. Uh, to, a con to a Congress, a Republican-controlled Congress that's averse to the rise of, uh, of iGaming might be to sell it as a brick-and-mortar uh, package 
and, and have it, at least initially, uh, be a mechanism uh, that, that can be routed through, uh, you know, brick-and-mortar gaming venues such as casinos and racetracks. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, where this ultimately ends up. I think you and I are both of the opinion that it's just a matter of time before this is, um, you know, sports gambling is legalized. Um, but there's certainly a lot of different paths for us to get to that point. So, well, I don't want to keep you, Dan. I know that we, uh, I know you have meetings in D.C. today, and we apologize for the, uh, some of the car noises back there, but uh, Dan is on the road, well, and we wanted to make sure. Unfortunately, one of, the, one of them isn't my Uber driver. So uh, <laughs> that, that's, that's the biggest reason to apologize. But, no, this, 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 is, a, this is a great, this is a, a major uh, plus for New Jersey uh, because uh, they, they faced, uh, you know, a, a, a 2% chance of success, and now the, the complexion of the entire case changes. And now attention shifts to the all-important solicitor general appointment because until that person is identified, uh, we're just guessing at what. Even after he's identified, we're guessing at what, what he's what he's going to do. But that, that now in the sports betting landscape, that becomes far more important than the identity of the ninth justice. Great stuff. Uh, uh, thanks again, Dan. We just want to do a breaking quick one for y'all. Yep. Uh, Dan, it was a pleasure as always. It seems that all the breaking stories center on New Jersey sports betting, and uh, I have a feeling this won't be the last one. True. Well, we'll have so, to we'll have to expand this a little bit and do some more uh, different topics as they come up. Um, hasn't been right. too much juicy recently, but uh, I'm sure if history teaches us anything, we will get there. So the year is young, my friend. Yes, we sir. will have as great as last year was. Uh, I think there's a lot more on the on the horizon now. Uh, in so many different areas, as you've captured in your preview of, of 2017, this is going to be a dynamic year. If a week goes by without any noteworthy development, it will be shocking. So, Absolutely. Uh, anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for putting this together at uh, on, on short notice, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, we've shed some light on what is a mysterious uh, process going forward. For sure. And as Dan mentioned, I, I just this morning released my uh, 2017 sports law mega preview uh, i looked at i think 54 uh sports law cases that could hit major headlines in 2017 that's up on the white so check that out and yell at me in the comments for the cases that i missed because i'm sure there are some uh but I, I did my best so thanks again dan have a great trip and we'll talk to you soon